0: Hey, everyone. ESG Energize is honored to be sponsored by our good friends at mCloud. Their solutions help companies maximize production, automate operations, and optimize predictive maintenance. Their emissions management solution is so relevant right now with the Inflation Reduction Act. Go check out mcloudcorp.com to learn more. Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia. My name is Delfina Govia, and many of you know me as a partner at Veritas Total Solutions, an innovative management consulting firm where I lead the ESG practice alongside my ETRM colleagues. In the episode titled Introduction to ESG, I describe briefly the difference between carbon credits and carbon offsets. But clearly, there's much more to understand beyond the basic definitions. So, by popular demand, I've invited an expert to share his knowledge on this show. Derek Klaus, Manager of ESG and Client Development with Trillium, part of the Love's family of companies. Welcome to the ESG Energize podcast. Thank you for having me. Your job today, your mission today, should you accept it, is to help me help my listeners get better educated on the topic of carbon credits and carbon offsets. Will you accept your mission? I accept. You accept. Let's do it. This will self-destruct (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so Derek is, is my credit guy. He's the one that I turn to when I have que- questions on this topic. So let's start with the very basics of what is a carbon credit versus a carbon offset?
1: Yeah, you know, in, in this... You know, what I hear all the time, carbon offset, carbon credit, you know, they are used interchangeably, um, but they mean slightly different things. So carbon offset broadly refers to a reduction in GHG emissions or an increase in carbon storage. So you can think of something like land restoration or planting of trees, and it's used to compensate for emissions that occur elsewhere. A carbon credit is a transferable instrument that's certified by a a government or an independent certification body to resent an emission reduction of one metric ton of CO2. Um, Basically, you can think of that as an allowance of emissions, right? So a credit is going to be on the compliance side, and it's an allowance to emit where a voluntary carbon offset is going to be utilized to voluntarily offset your emission, even though the offset took place somewhere else.
0: Ah, so a credit is... The government says to me, you may emit X number of metric tons of carbon, and you have so many credits in your little portfolio, and once I use up those credits, I'm out of luck, and I'm either going to have to reduce my emissions, or I'm going to have to go Purchase
1: offsets. Well, you, you'd have to if it's government mandated. You're gonna have to go buy credits in the from open market some, from ah. someone else, from an auction, from a broker, from somebody who has them.
0: So that's the main difference there in the whole carbon credits realm. This is involuntary. This is mandated, and hence, when you use the word voluntary, offsets are associated with the word voluntary. Correct. Which means I don't have to go do this, but I choose to do this. Yes. Okay. So we've gotten that terminology out of the way. And you briefly mentioned land restoration and forestry projects. Are there other types of carbon offsets?
1: yes there's a lot of different flavors Um, we we, you can you'll probably hear the term technology carbon technology thrown around and that's just in reference to what type of offset is it is it an industrial process uh emissions credit is it a forestry credit is it a cook stove project there's a bunch of different um, types of offsets um, and, and offset projects that you can support uh, and, and like I said, they all have different registries or, or governing bodies that have these different methodologies that spell out how they calculate the emission reduction. Uh, but it's, it's not all forestry projects, and it's, and it's not, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of flavor.
0: So technolo- carbon technologies is kind of a misnomer. It's really carbon projects, Carbon technologies, and you mentioned um, government regulations, do the technologies align with different regulations, government regulations, government goals, standards that are out there?
1: if we use CARB, excuse me, uh, which is the California Air Resource Board, they have, you know, set out the uh, acceptable standards to be used in their cap-and-trade program. So every every government that has a cap-and-trade type program will have it set out in their bylaws of what type of carbon project is acceptable for their program.
0: So not every carbon offset every project, every technology that they like to call them, are, are created equal? They are not. They are not. Okay. In pricing, in acceptability, how are they not
1: created equal? All of the above. All of the above. All of the okay. above. Uh, so you can see uh, there's a pretty wide range in cost, depending on the type of carbon project you're looking to support, um, you know, in, in both you know, we'll get into this later, I think, but, you know, how many UN Sustainable Development Goals it might hit, um, where it's located in the world, is it a renewables project, is it a cook stove project, all of these things come into play on what the price is. Um, and it also comes into play on, you know, what's the additionality around these offsets. So is it doing more than just reducing emissions?
0: Like right? what? Like forest, like forest, uh, def- uh reforest. Station projects, if I can get that word out. Uh, that they help the orangutans somewhere in the world
1: there are some projects that do help the orangutans (laughs) Uh, there's there's other ones that help provide uh you know through whatever mechanism it is you know help uh you know provide clean drinking water to communities Ah, there's all sorts of so there's like i said there's 17 un sustainable development goals and as you look through these you know you can have projects that hit all 17 you might have a project that only hits three uh, and it just depends on where it's at in the world and, and what kind of service it's doing outside of the emission reduction.
0: Got you. So that's how no two carbon offsets are created equal. And that's where the pricing changes and probably also the demand for for these. And I'm I'm guessing that organizations based on whatever their stakeholders want and are demanding, are also going to be pretty fussy about what type of carbon offsets they invest in.
1: Yep, absolutely. The, the type and, and even the vintage, right? So Vintage? The, well, oh. Yeah, vintage. Okay. So, you know, what year did the carbon emission reduction take place? Right, So uh, you can go onto the market today and you can buy a carbon offset that has a vintage 2014. That means that 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 carbon offset came onto market in 2014, the emission reduction took place in 2014, and then you can also buy one that's a 2022. It took place in 2022, that's when that um, emission reduction took place. The price is very different between a 2022 and a 2014. I would guess. Yes. Um, Now, at its core, right, they both represent one metric ton of co2 that has been reduced mitigated or eradicated right uh,
0: so there that is the mechanism the 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 way we quantify it right is in one metric ton
1: yes however these methodologies that these registries have um on how they measure that reduction uh can evolve over time so they might become more stringent uh as as time goes on and so you would have more faith in a newer vintage than you would an older vintage because that methodology um, might have been better refined uh, to further, I guess, uh, accurately calculate the reduction that took place.
0: What about acquiring offsets to match? your scope one, scope two, scope three emissions? Does any of that come into play when thinking about this space?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's two things that I would really want to touch on that. The first one is that carbon offsets alone should not be, is not the solution to your, your emissions problems, right? Um, I think that, they, that every company should also have some sort of offset program Those are the two things, right? So you need, I think companies as a whole, when they look at what is my uh, sustainability um, roadmap is where do we put CapEx dollars to make permanent changes? And then where do we utilize carbon offsets for things that aren't easily changed, right? So an example of that could be a trucking company. Right? Maybe they have a fleet of 18-wheelers, and they don't have the capital to go buy electric trucks. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so what they could do is implement some sort of offset program to hit their um, whatever their goals are. Let's say they have a 2030 goal and a 2040 goal. They can supplement their emission reduction with carbon offsets while they're still focusing to find out what that long-term solution is to permanently reduce uh, their emissions.
0: So what it is is organizations that are truly committed to reducing emissions for the planet are going to make intelligent decisions around emissions, whether from a CapEx perspective of what can I spend today realistically within my own organization to reduce those emissions and not try to boil the ocean because then we will completely fail. So I'm going to spend money today where I can have a direct impact myself, but I'm still committed. So I'm going to invest money in funds, in projects that are elsewhere. So I'm continuing to commit to emissions reduction for the planet. It's a, it's a, it's a strategic play, a portfolio play, if you will. Exactly. Ah, okay. So if we take a look at... The, uh, an organization's strategy and how they're going to approach that. Let's say I make the decision that I'm going to reduce internally and put CapEx towards that, but I'm actually going to go and purchase some car- carbon offsets that will make up for, for some time until I can put more investment into my organization where it makes sense. How do I actually... Go about acquiring these carbon credits. Who who vets them? Who
1: knows about them? Where do I go? What do I do? Well, you have to find your trusted carbon supplier. Uh, so you could call someone like me. Um, My carbon credit guy. That's right. The car uh, the carbon offset guy. So <laughs> you know what I really when I start you know down the road with a, with a potential customer, and they come to me and say, Hey, I'm you know looking to purchase some voluntary carbon. These are you know, the parameters I'm looking at. Maybe it's the country uh, where the project is located. Maybe it's the, the vintage. We don't want anything that's more than five years old. You know, all of those parameters, I go and see what's out in the marketplace. And then you know, personal experience, um, you know, what registry they're on. Um, there's even some rating agencies out there. Uh, you, know, you kind of just take a look at, and, and make a judgment call on, is this the best thing to promote my or pitch to my customer? right is this is this something that is that has a good look and a good feel and 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 so you have to find you have to find a trusted carbon person to lead you down that path Uh, there's a lot of people out there who sell carbon and um some of some of the people in the market just want to sell as much as they can and they don't care what it is and, and 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 maybe they don't have the background to do some personal vetting on it um but i really try to make sure that the 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 offsets that I sell my customers um, ensure that they're, you know, high quality, quantifiable offsets.
0: And it sounds that you work very much hand in hand with them to understand what they're trying to achieve, because they're probably buying offsets that are going to be scrutinized by their customers. And by their other stakeholders, like their board of directors, their investors, uh, other people in their value chain, their suppliers, mm-hmm. is is that that's kind of a- the way that's it-
1: accurate. Yeah. So so you know when you when you do put this this these capital dollars up to make this investment, uh, it's important to make sure that you vet the the offset projects that you're supporting
0: and select the vintage, the technologies, and the pricing that's associated with each one of these, right? So if I have a certain amount of money to spend, it I, I treat it just like a portfolio, that there's different costs to, to different projects. That's right. Yep. And can and, I can I can I work with you to get a mix of different types of of offsets?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you want to get the, you know, I think Uh, Just business in general, you want to get the best bang for your buck, um, but you still want to get a good product, right? And so, um, you know, I I would say the majority of the the large offset buyers that exist, um, they're not purchasing just one project; they're purchasing from several projects. So, you know, part of your sustainability guidelines that you have in your framework for your you know internal sustainability goals can kind of dictate you know what what types of projects do we want to support. Maybe there's some UN development goals uh, that align with our company goals, and and we want to purchase uh, from projects uh, that aligns with all of that. And so you can really have this nice um, mesh of you know the where you're putting your your dollars for offsets and what your company vision and goals are for sustainability.
0: Is there a minimum minimum quantity that I would need to buy as a company?
1: Uh, typically, no minimums. Uh, there are some some carbon uh resellers and and projects out there that do require the minimum do require minimums and they're all different sometimes it's ten thousand dollars sometimes it's a hundred thousand dollars um i don't have a minimum so it's uh you know i I think it's more of how many how many people can i help with this versus um you know having a having a a floor that you have to be at
0: is there a volume discount
1: there is always a volume discount (laughs)
0: What about uh, long-term contractual arrangements? So, could an organization, or short-term contractual arrangements, could a, an organization make a a one-off purchase with you versus maybe a long-term contract?
1: Yeah. So, you know, of course, we can always do spot purchases if you say, you know, hey, I need this many this many metric tons of carbon, um, and then you know, you could also think about it in a, in a long-term vision when you when you go and get on Google, and you type in what's the future price of carbon offsets. Uh, I think it'll be very hard for you to find an article that says the price is going to go down. So um, you know going into a long term contract with someone like me would allow us to you know my organization to go and 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 purchase and acquire offsets so that you could protect yourself from from a potential potentially higher price in the future. So ah. um, kind, of, like, kind of going back to what is your internal strategy, you know, if that's something that you think, you know, we're going to utilize carbon offsets in certain areas, then I think it would be important to have some sort of uh, long-term offtake agreement.
0: How do I get proof that I have these
1: offsets? Yep. So, you hand me a piece of paper that says you have a carbon offset. I, I could do that, <laughs> um, but the, the the better way is that you know we're we're set up on the registries. We have accounts, and so when we acquire these carbon offsets, we then can retire them in your name. Uh, they have serial numbers. There's an audit trail and all of that can be That's provided to
0: where it's going. Yes. Yeah. There's an audit trail. So if you, the- if you want a certificate, I'll make you
1: one, but <laughs> but the actual proof, right? The serial number it's, it's embedded. It's done. Um, you know, anybody who's going to audit your, um, you know, your emissions, um, we can provide all of that data and it's audible.
0: Fantastic. So now that I have this offset in my hand, it's on, it's, been retired in my name it's all very legitimate it fits very nicely into my portfolio what can i do with this beyond just saying i have this and it's part of my strategy
1: well if you have an annual sustainability report you'd want to ensure that you you talk about your investment in carbon offset projects um, you could, if that's something that's going to be customer facing or shareholder facing, um, go ahead and talk about it, right? These projects are very open to, to being marketed. So, you know, you can go and say, Hey, you know, we helped build a wind farm and, you know, somewhere in the world, or we're, we're supporting, um, you know, planting trees in in this nation, uh, whatever it is. And you can showcase to the world, uh, you know, where you're putting your dollars. Um, you know, and that can go into all of your marketing stuff. Um, you know, when you're talking to customers, when they ask you in RFPs, what are you doing by by the way of sustainability? Um, it's just another bullet point, it's another arrow in your quiver um, to, to prove that that you are, you know, making progress, sustainable progress.
0: I've been seeing in contracts that have come across my desk and my company to sign where it's not just the contracts but the master services agreements or requests for information or requests for quotes um, they're asking vendors suppliers to be transparent about what they're doing and how they're investing. Are you seeing that as well?
1: People coming to you for that? Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and I think for some companies, it's a deer in the headlight feeling mm-hmm. like, wait, I don't have I don't have a plan. Ah, uh, good news, yeah. you're not too late. If you start planning now, you're, you're still going to be on time. Uh, but the important thing is to start building that framework. You know, I think um, starting to have those the foundation of we're going to take some sort of action to reduce our emissions um, is is going to bode well for your business.
0: Yeah, I was recently at the Methane Mitigation Summit, and we were very fortunate to, everybody that was there was very collaborative, very transparent, very open, because we're all working together to make sure that we're doing what is right and what is best, and there were several companies that were, that opened the kimono and showed, shared their strategy, shared their progress, and it all started with, okay, where do we want to go? Where do we want to be? Especially around emissions reduction. And it was absolutely everyone that presented, the cor- the corporations that presented absolutely started with the strategy and then saying, okay, we can't reduce all of our emissions right away. Let's purchase some offsets so that we're still working towards those goals. And then they have a staged approach to move from purchase of offsets to as much emissions reductions to get them to net zero for their
1: organization. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's great. And I can't stress that enough that you have to have that underlying strategy and roadmap in place. Um, You don't just want to go out into the market and say, I need a million metric tons of carbon offsets. Uh, And and then you're sitting there like, well, what do I do now? Right. So, so having that, uh, that action, that plan in place is going to help, you know, really define where those capital dollars go. Um, and, And I think it also, um, really puts a, a marker on what's important to the organization.
0: Do you have any other advice, and it's okay if no, do you have any other advice to my listeners as they're thinking about carbon credits, carbon offsets uh, for their organizations? Maybe things to avoid, things to keep in mind, um,
1: views for what's happening in the future, moving forward, you know, I think there's there's in, in anything that you do, there's an inherent risk, right? It doesn't matter which type of carbon offset you purchase, or if you don't purchase any, and and I and I think that um, the one thing I know uh, that that I could probably stake my career on is that the price of carbon will increase.
0: There it is. Yeah. There it is. So tell me, how'd
1: you get interested in this space? Oddly enough, it it started off with a layoff. I was <laughs> I got I got I got canned. Um, I was working for a uh, commodity trading risk management software uh, provider, and uh, this is this is the time when oil. I started the, at this company when oil was at an all time high, like 140 dollars a barrel. I remember. Yep. And uh, over the course of a year, it went to like twenty something, mm-hmm. you know, high twenties. Well. I was the account manager for all of the oil and gas producers Ouch. Producer accounts yeah so I learned quickly there's two things oil and gas companies don't purchase when prices are low and that's software and consulting services are very <laughs> difficult to sell <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got canned and um, you know didn't know what I was gonna do with my life it was it was my first uh, little crisis and and I got uh, you know through LinkedIn I found um a company that uh, did these, uh, you know, sold these renewable products, carbon offsets, I'd never heard of them before. And I said, well, I need a job, let's give it a shot. And uh, it turned out to be a, a little bit of a, you know, a passion project of mine. I just find the field incredibly interesting. And, um, you know, I'm really happy to be at, uh, at Trillium and loves to, to do the same thing that I've done in the past.
0: Fantastic. So we're going to have to get you back on the show, because there's a whole another aspect to this topic called carbon funds that we're not going to touch on this because it can get pretty hairy. But I'm going to ask you to come back on the show at some future date once people have digested the carbon credits (laughs) and the carbon offsets to do that. If people want to get in touch with you, Derek, can we put some contact information into the show notes? Absolutely. All right. Let's do that. And otherwise, you can always access the, the Trillium website and the love's family of companies. And I'm very appreciative of your time. Yes. Thank you for
1: having me. Happy to be here.
0: All right. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast,
1: a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.